and welcome to Gateway Vineyard Church. We appreciate you joining us. If you find our podcast is helping you spiritually, check us out online at gatewayvineyard.org. Enjoy the message. So, who's ever played the lottery? Who's ever bought a lottery ticket? One person? You? Okay, there's more hands coming up. All right, it's not a trick question. I'm just, I'm just asking... Who's bought a lottery ticket before? I'm, I'm guilty of it. I bought quite a few lottery tickets. I usually wait until that, that Mega Millions or the jackpot or, you know, the Hoosier lottery gets to about 700 million or something crazy. Uh, I usually wait till then to try to try my luck, you know, throw five bucks in there, see what I can come up with. But can you imagine um, if you bought a lottery ticket and you won, but you never knew about it because you either forgot or whatever. So as I was doing kind of some research on, on lotteries and all that, I, I ran across a story on a, a New York Times article that uh, <laughs> there's a large percentage of lottery winnings that don't get claimed. In this particular case, it was this guy uh, who won $47 million and never claimed it. 47 million because he either forgot to check it or lost the ticket or whatever but uh, they reported that this money was never claimed now how mad would you be if you found out after the fact that you could have taken home 47 million dollars like that's the kind of money that doesn't just change your life but it could change your your entire family's life your extended family's life the guy at school that you had lunch with that one time, you could change his life. Like, you don't need to really be that close, right? You, you can just change <laughs> their lives with that kind of money. But there's so many of them that go unclaimed. So many of these lottery winnings. But the same is true about our salvation. Jesus has promised us everlasting life. Now, Jesus has promised us eternity with him, and all we have to do is cash in on that prize, cash in on that promise. That guarantee that he's given us, and what's sad is so many people go through their entire lives, and they even end up dying, never cashing in on what Jesus promised them. And we'll be reading in today's text what it takes for us to have salvation through Christ. But we're, first, let's do a quick recap. So last week, we talked about, we were in John chapter 1, so we're in a series on the book of John. We're John chapter 1, and we, we talked about who Jesus is, right? We talked about uh, his place in heaven, that he's part of the Trinity, that he's, he's one of the three in one, that he is one with God, that they work together as one, even though... It's three and one. We also learned that without him, nothing that we know about today would exist. In other words, nothing in this world would be here without him. Now, I urge you to continue uh, reading through the book of John uh, wherever we leave off. I think we only did the first couple of verses last week. I urge you to finish the chapter, jump into chapter two, but... For today, we're going to be in chapter 3, and we're going to be, John chapter 3, going through what God's gift is for us. And in this passage, 
Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a Pharisee, and, and he had some questions for Jesus. So we jump into verse 1 again. You can follow along in your Bibles, or it's going to be above me here. So John 3, verse 1. Uh, I believe we're going to go to 21. Now, there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at, at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who has come from God, but for now, for no one could perform the signs you're doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old, Nicodemus asked. Surely they, can, they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. And you should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and do you not know? Do you not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen. But still, you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But, Whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly what they have done has been done in the sight of God. So with that, the title of today's message is Salvation, Jesus' Gift for Us. And I'm going to pray and we can jump in to our first point. So God, just thank you for... Uh, this message, thank you for the series that we're in where we get to know you and get to uh, know about the gifts that you have set aside for us, God. Just pray that you may speak to each one of us today. Uh, meet us where we are, Jesus. In, in your name we pray. Amen. So our first point, point number one, is salvation is a gift that comes from God. Uh, let me take a quick pause. So we actually have a section on our website. It's gatewayvineyard.org slash notes, right? 
So if you want to fill in and kind of follow along, it'll like send you a, a thing after the message. It's pretty cool. Joe set it up. So thanks, Joe, for doing that. Point number one, salvation is a gift that comes from God. Verse six, Jesus explains to Nicodemus that that which is born of the flesh is flesh. So here's the thing. No good deed, right? No work of our flesh, nothing that we can do ourselves will bring us restoration with God. Since salvation is a free gift of grace, it cannot be earned by good behavior, nor can it be lost by bad behavior. Now, does that mean that you can go defile every single commandment because salvation can't be lost by bad behavior? Now, by the way, this is one of those hot topics among you know, the Christian community where uh, there, there tends to be a lot of arguments about you know, what salvation means and what that kind of thing. And I tend to just, let's go to Scripture. Let's see what the Scripture says about that. So pull up Acts 2, verse 38. It says, And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So Peter here, he's urging us to repent. When we repent, we'll receive salvation. And the Bible tells us that true repentance results in a change of action. So to answer the question, someone who's repented doesn't just go do whatever they want, right? Because they've uh, and just do whatever they want with the commandments and say, yeah, I'm not going to follow these rules. They have a second thought in, in, in quotes there. Whenever they're tempted to do something ungodly, they have that second thought like, eh, maybe I shouldn't be doing that. They have a conviction because they have chosen Jesus as their Savior. To repent in relation to salvation is to change your mind regarding sin and Jesus Christ. In that same chapter in Peter's sermon on the uh, day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, he concludes with a call for the people to repent. But repent from what? Peter is calling the people who rejected Jesus to change their minds about that sin and to change their minds about Christ himself, recognizing that he indeed is Lord in Christ. Peter is calling the people to change their minds, to surrender their past rejection of Christ, and to embrace faith in him as both their Messiah and their Savior. So repentance involves recognizing that you have thought wrongly in the past, and you're determining to think rightly in the future. As I mentioned, the repentant person has second thoughts about the mindset they formerly embraced. For example, if you have a potty mouth, a repentant person will stop themselves before saying those profanities. If you have a tendency to lie, to cheat, to steal, a repentant person will have at least a second thought before doing those things. There is a change of mind and a new way of thinking about God and about sin, about holiness, and about doing God's will. 
I saw this quote online that says, true repentance is prompted by godly sorrow and it leads to salvation. To see what uh, a biblical representation of repentance, we can look at the story of Zacchaeus. You guys know the story of Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was a... <clears throat> Zacchaeus was a wee little man. And he was a wee little man who cheated and stole, and that's how he made his living. He was a tax collector. But until he met Jesus, that's what he did. And at that point, he had a radical change of mind. In Luke 19, verse 8, it says, Look, Lord, said Zacchaeus, here now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. At that moment, Jesus happily proclaimed that salvation had come to Zacchaeus' house, and even the tax collector was now a son of Abraham. The cheat became a philanthropist. The thief made restitution. That's what repentance is. Point number two. Salvation came in the form of the Son. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now, that's probably one of the better known verses in the Bible. That's one that you'll see on t-shirts, on billboards, on bathroom stalls even sometimes, depending on where you go. Uh, you tend to just see that verse everywhere. Even non-Christians know that verse. It can be found just about everywhere. It's one of those verses that people just say, but they don't really stop and listen or stop to understand what is actually being declared. In reality, this is the ultimate verse when it comes to salvation. God loved us, us, the world, so much that he gave his one and only son so that we may be saved. Now, I'm glad I'm not God because I don't know if I could give up my only child for some people that I don't know that, honestly, some people don't want to be saved. <laughs> I feel like they just they, they don't want to be saved. They want to do their own thing. And to think about giving up your one and only son or child But God did. He did that knowing that so many people would still reject him. So many people would still not repent. And so many people would deny his existence. But check this out. Verse 18 says, Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the same 
or in the name of God's one and only Son. And this all ties back into our word for the church this year, which our word for this year was reach. We are to reach the people in our community and those around us and tell them the gospel of Jesus Christ. I heard one of those cool pastors on YouTube saying, we're in the soul winning business. Kind of corny, but it's true. As a church, that's, that's our mission. To win souls for Jesus. Because there's access to eternity for everyone. And there's access to salvation for everyone. But we have to reach people and share the gospel. That Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is our Savior, that he is the, al the Alpha, the Omega. He's the, the one who came to seek and save the lost, that he is mighty and he is all-powerful, all-gracious, all-loving. And all we have to do is repent, changing our lives, changing our ways of thinking, to look away from darkness and walk towards the light and we will have everlasting life. That's what's promised for God. That's what's at stake. We're about to jump back into worship here. Uh, we're going to sing a song called Cornerstone. Very bad at lyrics. I'm going to look at your sheet. And the first verse says, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. And we declare that Christ is our cornerstone, that he makes us strong. As we sing this song, I just want us to just pause and think about the words that we're singing. That if Jesus is our salvation, that we should mean what we sing. We should mean what we're saying in the song. So as we sing, just take a moment, connect with Jesus. You can go ahead and stand.
Thank you once again for joining us on our podcast. If you find this message helped you spiritually, check us out online at gatewayvineyard.org. We'll see you next time.